Hello there, bollock lovers, movie lovers, all general sort of podcast lovers in general journalism. Um, it's another episode of Movie Bollocks, so no normal um, ego-packed intro. It's just me getting stuck into movies with also an exclusive interview with my friend David Klein, who is co-writer of a film that has just been greenlit called House Jackers. But more about that later or possibly in the in in the um uh, description and you've already read it but uh, lots of other podcasts around lots of links in the in, in the uh, instructions for you to uh, have a little play around with and let's get stuck in shall we i am going to review as you probably already know cuz i've probably written in the fucking description already i'm going to review 20 movies and 3 tv series so you don't have to so let's get cracking shall we straight off the bat we have the immortal this is um, a movie which is off the back of a TV show, brilliant Italian TV show, um, called Gamora, because it's taken me a little bit <laughs> to go and find that because it's so long since I watched it. But um, great movie, uh, great TV series, totally unexpected, really didn't ex- see this coming at all. Um well, I did, but I didn't see how good it was coming at all. So there you go. Really enjoyed that. The Immortal. Especially um, if you've seen all of Gamora, that's to watch after it. And after to Gamora, it's The Tomorrow War. The Tomorrow War. Yes. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. You might have seen it already. Um, lots of big stars. Lots of effects. Some good bits and pieces. I enjoyed about three quarters of it. It goes on a bit. It takes a while to tie up and then it kind of goes off on another tangent and you'll either like that or you won't. Um, and yeah, yeah, it, it was it was OK. Um, I would give it sort of six, seven out of ten. But I, I honestly can't I honestly can't give it any more than that. Um, next up was the latest installment of the uh, Marvel trilogy, which was Black Widow, which I... Again, I enjoyed. It was okay. It was. It's not reached previous levels of other Marvel show, uh, Marvel movies. It's an origin story, so it's going to be fairly predictable. But there's some cool shit in it. And look, I'm a sucker for a Marvel movie. They just they do not make bad ones. They make ones that are not as good as others, but their standards are so high that it's pretty damn impressive. So you know, what can I say? It's worth checking out. And let's face it, you're going to check it out if you've seen all the others, whether you listen to me or not, that's for sure. Next up is Werewolves Within. Now, I had a bit of a problem with this movie because it is called Werewolves Within. And after an hour when there was still no werewolves, I was feeling like I'd been mugged. And I've got to admit, I, I think I made it to about 15, 20 minutes from the end and I gave up. Now... Maybe that is me getting suckered in by the title. Um, there was some very good comedy in it. There was some, and it's it's now I I gather is genuinely seen as a comedy. So maybe I just got a bit hung up. I was I was just looking for a bit more blood, to be honest. And yeah, there 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 wasn't any. Some of it's quite funny, but again, I just thought it was yeah, it wasn't doing it for me. Unlike the Quiet Place Two. Quiet Place Two absolutely loved it um <coughs> you're never going to get 
the same vibes that you got from the first movie. Obviously, you know what the you know you know you, you know what the um, the concept is and everything else. So you know, nothing's coming as a surprise. There are still surprises in it. I think it's brilliant where it picks up. I don't want to say too much about it as to where it picks up and what it depicts. Um, but I I just loved it. I really loved it, and I was amazed that I could start watching it, and boom, I was I was back, like I was in the first movie. Really, really weird the fact that I was able to do that, but um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Next up, the Duke. Now, this is a true story. Um, it's a 2020 movie. Um, it stars um, Jim Broadbent and um, oh bloody hell, isn't it? I'm sure it's uh right I'm I've got a website in front of me uh right Heather Heather Craney yep she's great in it but I'm sure yeah Helen Mirren Helen Mirren and Jim Board Jim Broadbent playing husband and wife now it's a true story of a Geordie and Jim Broadbent does do his best to be a Geordie in this um True story, 1961, Kempton Bunton, a 60-year-old taxi driver, steals Goyle's portrait of the du- Goya's portrait of the Duke of Wellington from the National Gallery in London. Now, straight away, that's the kind of movie that, like, you know, it's got Jim Broadbent and Helen Mirren on the cover. It's about an art robbery. It's a British movie. You can probably already picture what it's like. You can already picture some of the gags in it. But it is... I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's, a, it's a sweet old movie. I mean, it, you know, it's really not going to, like, you know, reinvent your life. But I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's just nice and it's it's almost like, it, you know, you'd almost call it a traditional movie. I mean, it, it gets 66 out of 10 on imdb and there you go that's why you don't that's why you don't look at ratings and go oh i'm not going to watch that because i think it deserves way more than that but that is just me and that is the nature of the beast of movies of music and all the rest of it it's all about taste in it anyway after the duke comes i've seen it twice now jungle cruise starring uh dwayne the rock johnson and her of Quiet Place. Oh God, why why have I blanked on her name? Why have I blanked on her name? That is so. An- Emily Blunt. There you go. And I didn't look it up. It just came to me. So there you go. You'll have to take my word for that. But anyway, um, The Rock, Emily Blunt, and Jack Whitehall being his least annoying yet. In fact, I've got to say this. Okay, I've gigged with Jack in the past, not many times. Early on in his career, obviously. Um, he wouldn't know me if he bumped into me, but there you go. That's that's one of those things. Uh, <laughs> it makes him no difference to anybody else. Um, but I've I've certainly found him to be an annoying at best screen presence, um, fucking shit at worst. And in Jungle Cruise, he's a really nice surprise. Really, really understated performance. Um, really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. And yeah, Jungle Cruise, I loved it. Now it has been compared a little bit un- unfavorably, I might add, with Pirates of the Caribbean. Not at all. I, it, it's got nods to obviously Indiana Jones, Romancing the Stone. There's some great comedy in it. But more importantly, the uh, the the vibe 
the chemistry between The Rock, Emily Blunt, and when he's there, Jack Whitehall as well. When all of it, it is great. And that, for me, is the foundation of the movie. Uh, you've got Jesse Plemons absolutely chewing the scenery, as is uh, Paul Giamatti. Uh, I mean, Giamatti's in it for about fucking five minutes. But it must have been like nice holiday and a few quid. But anyway, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Seen it twice. Totally recommend it. Um, it's just good. It's just a good time, good fun family movie. So there you go. Sorry, having a little bit of a, a coughing fit there. Right. What's next? Um, right, let's have a look. Quiet Place, uh, The Duke, Jungle Cruise. Next up, right, Into the Ashes. Um, I mean, this is a a hard movie. A hard movie. Um, it's one hour, 40 minutes long. It's from 2019. It only gets 5.2 on um, IMDb, which again, I think is, uh, is a little bit short. Um, it's awesome. It stars Frank Grillo, Luke Grimes, James Badgedale. Um, Nick escapes his criminal past and two partners get, get a steady job, a friend at work, um, and marries the sheriff's daughter, but his past catches up with him. Yeah, so it is one of those movies, his past catches up with him movies, yeah? Some wankers appear from his past movies. We, uh, you've seen it a thousand times, but you know what? When it's done well, as it is here, it's just as enjoyable as any other fucking trope, isn't it? You know? These are, these are, you know, I, I, I guess they are sort of, um... It's a genre movie, isn't it? It is a genre of um, bloke gets out of crime, but then his mates drag him back in it. It's, it that's got to be... It's not a very snappy title for the genre, but that's, there you go. Now, here's another one that's from a genre. This is very definitely from the horror genre. And this is The Boy Behind the Door. 90 minutes, horror film, watch it. Loved it. Kind of movie that, within the first minute you are in because it does not fuck about yeah that is a that's how that's howard's official cinematic term for um it's very well paced okay my my term for it's well paced is it does not fuck about <laughs> all right okay sorry i'm all over the place a little bit here but yeah anyway um boy behind the door cracking real scenes of ow or you know or yeah just really enjoyed it again go for it if that's your kind of thing all right um i haven't really said anything about it has it have i um okay um boys are getting kidnapped and no one knows where or why so there you go well not kidnapped they're getting disappeared so anyway let's move on don't want to tell you too much next those who wish me dead now this is 2021 one hour 40 minutes comes in at six on imdmb stars angelina jolie uh, a teenage murder witness finds himself pursued by twin assassins in the montana wilderness with a survival expert um tasked with protecting him and a forest fire threatening to consume them all uh, again I found it's a bit procedural. It's a bit like, oh, there's going to be a big scene here. Oh, and there is. Oh, and it's really well done. Great. I'm pleased for everybody. It's kind of one of those, really. Um, it does what it says on the tin. It's enjoyable. Good performances. Um, I mean, if it's on, yeah. Is it worth going out of your way to find like something like The Boy, Be- Boy Behind the Door is or Jungle Cruise or any of the others? Not really for me. Not really for me. But here is a movie that is worth finding. And this one is called P. 
pig. That's right. It's called pig. As in pig. And it stars Nicolas Cage. And you think, Nicolas Cage, movie called Pig. That sounds mental. He's going to beat the shit out of people. It's going to be, It's not what you think at all. Um, and that that is to it that that is to its benefit. Um, it's a superb, superb, superb film. I mean, I have realised that I am actually a bit of a, a Nick Cage fan. I didn't realise this till I started um, listening to um, a year in horror. Paul uh, Waller's podcast. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you subscribe there. Paul Waller of this parish. Um, definitely check it out. A year in horror. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, pig. Um, Nicholas Cage plays a man who lives in a forest with a pig um, that snuffs that sniffs truffles out, and that's it. He lives in the forest with a pig that sniffs truffles out and one day somebody steals his pig and the movie ensues all i can say is definitely worth looking hunting out really enjoyed it now i've mentioned earlier some of these you know movies are genre flicks (laughs) there ain't no fucking genre for this i mean it is out there um um, don't get me wrong, it's not a case of you're going to be watching it going, what the fuck's going on, oh, this is a bit... No, you're just going to be watching it going, okay, right, this is happening now. This is... Oh, right, okay, I didn't expect that. Oh, so that's so-and-so and not so... Oh, right. Oh, so he's... Right. It's just one of those. It's constantly... It's constantly keeping you on your toes. I I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, Properly welled up at times. It was... Um, it was really, really enjoyable. Really enjoyable. Next up, if you're interested at all, you'll have already seen The Suicide Squad. So here's my review. Um, seven to eight out of ten. Really enjoyed it. Uh, great action. Um, even better script. Even better laughs. That was that was really what was going on with that. Um, so there you go. The Suicide Squad. Check it out or don't. You know, see if I care. And then hard on the heels of Suicide Squad. Um... Uh, we have Fear Street. Now, Fear Street, part one, part two, and part three, are three horror movies on Netflix. And I watched part one and thought, yeah, not bad. I watched part two and I thought, yeah, yeah, not bad. I didn't watch part three because I thought, I know what's going to happen in this. And a friend watched it and went, yep, um, you were right. So um, they're really well done. If you're going to want watch one, watch the first one and see how it goes. You may be more um, engaged than I was, um, but after one and two, and there is some nice bits. They are, you know, they're well done. At time. Well, actually, two got a bit irritating. So let's just go for one. <laughs> see how you feel. See how you feel. All right. Uh, next up um, on Netflix was a movie called Danger Close. Now, I... I really did, and I don't know why, I honestly don't know why, but this movie had me in pieces. Um, I think it's at the end. It's a war film, by the way. It's a Vietnam War film, but it's a Vietnam War film the like of which you'll have never seen. Because it's about Australians. It's about an Australian troop who get lost in the um, in the woods. Well, not, get, not so much get lost, but cut off 
And not so much woods, but jungle. Fuck me, do your job, Howard. Uh, well, no one's paying you. Well, they kind of are. Well, yeah, sort of, but not for this one. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you get to slag, slacken off just because it's not one that people pay for. Yeah, I know, but maybe there's a subconscious thing. Well, fucking sort your subconscious out and concentrate and focus for once, you fucking idiot. Fair point. Anyway, um, yeah, danger close. Uh, Australians in Vietnam... It is, it's a brilliant story, great story, um, and I, I, yeah, I, I, it, it, it caught me by surprise, it really did catch me by surprise, it's been in my list on, uh, on Netflix for quite some time, and I'd never got round to watching it, obviously, because it was still on my list, um, and when I eventually got round to watching it, I thought, you know, uh, you, you know, this, it, this will be, you know, it'll, 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 it'll be all right, you know, but it's not going to not gonna be anything to write home about. I'll, you know, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. Um, I, I'm just looking up a little bit here as well, and it stars Travis Fimmel. So if any of you know who Travis Fimmel is, um, he's the lead nut job in Vikings. Um, he's awesome in this, uh, but it's really understated. I didn't even realise that it was him. Uh, until about half an hour in there's very few people you've heard of in this movie and it's a true story and it just deserves to be checked out yeah i mean it really really does a completely different angle on on anything it's got 6.8 out of 10 on imdb um and for me it deserves to be a little bit higher true story and honors some truly incredible i'm not going to say men boys and 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 what they did and it should be watched purely for that so uh next up beckett b-e-c-e-t-t the latest netflix movie um very uh, what can i say about this that isn't right actually i was gonna say what can i say about this that um isn't massively offensive but let me just get it up on screen here. Right. That's it. Um, yeah. So basically, um, it's um, it, it's a bit of a weird one, this. Hang on a second. Something's going on here. Hang on a second. So it stars John David Washington. Um, uh, that's right. Son of uh, the amazing Denzel Washington. Well, anyway, and I really like him. I really, really like him. Um, but this is the this is the logline for the movie. Following a tragic car accident in Greece, an American tourist finds himself at the centre of a dangerous political conspiracy and on the run for his life. If you have ever seen a film that is anything like that storyline, you have absolutely no need to watch this at all. Um, for a start, the car crash he's in is with his girlfriend at the beginning. And believe you and me, within seven or eight minutes of watching this... You want them both to be in a car crash and get seriously hurt. She is one of the most annoying fucking characters I have come across. And I honestly, it wasn't just me. There was two or three of us watching it and all of us went, I hope something happens to her. Well, it does. <laughs> but that 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 does not improve the movie. No, I mean, we've got all sorts of just shit here of running around, not getting hit by bullets, hiding behind stuff. 
um, and just always seemingly to be able to get out of a situation which looks impossible to get out of. Um, yeah, running around in the countryside and suddenly coming across some beekeepers who give you some directions. Because, of course, they needed to be beekeepers, didn't they? I mean, they couldn't have just been people like on the, on the road or something. No, they had to be beekeepers because some fucking pretentious twat behind this movie has decided they're going to be beekeepers. It, it was fucking rubbish. It was, uh, it's not often I say this, but um, hour and 50 minutes after an hour, I was just like, right, fuck off. Because you've just taken one turn too many that I cannot get on board with. So Beckett, you can fuck off. And I was really surprised. Because I genuinely thought I, I was in for it. My kind of movie, not happening at all. Not happening at all. Next up, The Guilty with um, uh, Joseph Levitt, um, who plays... Sorry, not Joseph Levitt. Fucking hell, what am I talking about? Um, oh, God. I'm really struggling with fucking people's names today. It's really fucking annoying me. Jake fucking Gyllenhaal not Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, stars in The Guilty. He is basically, um, he answers the phone. for, for right. A demoted police officer assigned to call dispatch desk is conflicted when he receives an emergency phone call from a kidnapped woman. So, um, I really enjoyed it. There is a twist. It's 90 minutes. It's original. Um, and... It's got fucking Jake Gyllenhaal in it. So what are you doing? Just fucking watch it. That's it, really. Um, right. Next up, Count Me In. Now, oh, this I absolutely loved. It is a, it's a uh, documentary on drumming. It's on Netflix. And it's out. I just loved it. Absolutely loved it. Even if you've just got a passing interest in the drums or, or music, it's worth checking out. It really, really is. Absolutely loved it. Uh, apart from the lack of Neil Peart in it. But other than that, it's great. Now, that is followed by My Son. Now, My Son, I was thinking, yeah, this will be all right. Uh, one hour, 35 minutes. Um, but it stars James McAvoy and Claire Foy, which right off the bat, you're going to go, well, surely this has got to be better than shit. And it certainly fucking is. There were times in this movie where I was absolutely just on it. A bomb could have gone off in the next door in my, in, in, in a room next door and I wouldn't have given a shit. It was, and it, it hits the ground running. Okay. Um, driving all right uh, in the heat of uh, in the heat in the heart heat in the heart of the highlands edmund murray receives a call from his ex-wife in tears their seven-year-old has gone missing from a campsite now straight off the bat as soon as the movie starts i do i like saying that don't i straight off the bat right right from the very beginning um you're at a pace because the boy has already gone missing and it's boom we're in and you're you're on the and it and it doesn't let up and it just feels like you're just constantly reeling from one reveal to another it it slightly disappoints it's a 6 out of 10 on IMDb and really it should be a 7 or 8 if it if if it i don't know it kind of loses its way a little bit and it maybe doesn't finish in the best way possible but do you know what i enjoyed it 
I really, really enjoyed it, found it very gripping and absorbing. And if that's your kind of thing, yes. And, you know, James McAvoy and um, uh, Claire Foy together are absolutely just brilliant. That, that movie is again that's called my son although look in the, look in the description i should have put all of the movies in the, the description next up the final girls this has been on netflix for ages and it's a sort it's a horror comedy kind of and it's 90 minutes and i thought oh look it's in the i'm finally going to get round to watching this it's really good really good really well done uh, lots of heart lots of gore um, and lots of times where you're just not quite sure which direction it's going to go in. Um, and, and laughs as well. Uh, it has it all. The Final Girls, I really enjoyed. Just as that knockabout 90-minute, you know, chewing gum movie, it's a cracker. Um, as is, again, now this, I think this is Amazon Prime. It's been on there a while. Or possibly Netflix. Um, the Hitman's Apprentice. Now... I have absolutely no idea why it has taken so long for me to watch it. Um, But it was absolutely fantastic. It really was. Um, The thing is, it's it's really not what you are expecting. Um, It's... I don't know... I'm struggling, aren't I? It's just great. The Hitman's Apprentice. Um, uh, it stars um, Tim Roth, who is always a good laugh. Um, and also another another guy who I can't get up on IMDb at the moment. Um, there we are. Oh, fucking hell. It's not even appearing on IMDb. What the hell's going on? Well, fuck it. IMDb has decided it doesn't exist. So fuck them. Um, get it watched, The Hitman's Apprentice. Um, it's cool, it's knockabout, it's less than 90 minutes, quite violent, very funny, um, and stars Tim Roth, so get stuck in. Um, and finally, kind of, and finally, Candyman, the remake. Everyone's raving about it, me too, although for me it went a little bit long, tried to do a little bit too much, but there you go. Um, still, it's not something that I'm going to sell you, sell you on or not, really. You're going to have decided to see it or not. So if you've decided to see it, um, I'd say it's a fairly good choice. Um, and you know, I, I can be a bit funny with my horrors. Um, check it out. See what you think. Uh, it was just, yeah, it, it just tried to be a wee bit too clever for me. Um, and really cover every single base. And the next movie, which I've started, but I have only got 15 minutes in, so I will pick up next time, is The Green Knight. The Green Knight. So I can't tell you much about that one at the moment. Now, TV series, just three for you. First up, On Sky, Black Monday. If you haven't seen the previous uh, series, then just get it downloaded, watch it all. Black Monday. Um, It is, yeah... Don Cheadle, it was his idea, it's his series, um, he was also in House of Lies, which I love, both those TV series are fucking brilliant, and worth checking out, so that is called Black Monday on Sky, um, also on Sky, Lupin, or Lupin, L-U-P-I-N, a French TV series about the criminal Lupin, or Lupin, um, yeah, just brilliant, really enjoyed it, slick, 
um, funny, sexy, um, full of action. Just really, really, really enjoyed it. So if you like your TV, if you like your French TV, it's not something I'd normally watch, honestly, but I absolutely loved it. Um, and next up, I had a weird experience with this. First series of Stumptown on Amazon Prime. Um, I didn't know it was from a graphic novel. Fuck me, what isn't from a graphic novel right now? Jesus Christ. Hey, fucking chuck a quid out the window and hit somebody who's writing a graphic novel. Christ, if you're writing a graphic novel, yeah, so's everybody else. Fucking good luck. Um, anyway, really enjoyed it. Really enjoying it. Um, great lead character, very funny. Uh, I don't want to really tell you too much about it because it is, it's... It's not like it's from a graphic novel. You wouldn't really expect it, but Stumptown. Now, really enjoying watching it, right? One night, I'm, I'm in about like, I'm in about eight, episode 18 of like 24 or something like that. And it's, it's quarter to midnight and there's about another half hour of the episode left. And I think, do you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to stop watching it in here. I'm going to go brush my teeth. I'm going to watch the rest on my phone in bed and fall asleep. Cool. Okay. So it's about quarter to 12. I shut the TV down, go brush my teeth, etc. Get to bed, get my phone out, um, put the, get get Amazon Prime up on my phone, go to Stumptown, two pound fifteen episode. Eh? No, I'm like eighteen episodes in. No, no, what the fuck's going on here? So I get up out of bed, I come through to the front room, thinking maybe it's the phone dicking about. I turn my TV on, go to the same series like i have been for the last few weeks go to the episode i was watching two pounds what the fuck is going on what the fuck hang on a minute that quarter to 12 was quarter to 12 on the 30th of september <laughs> and by the time i got into bed it was quarter past 12 on october the 1st and as of october it's no longer free in uh, in Amazon Prime to people with my membership. What a motherfucker! That is, but that was such a weird experience. It was doing my head in. It was like, what the fucking hell is going on here? What? And you know, like like most people, I think all I could, all I could think was, what have I done? What have I done to fuck this up? <laughs> So, um, so there you go. They are your TV series and your movies, um, for this particular episode. Now let's get stuck in to an interview with one of my oldest friends, my, the dear David Klein. Um, great friend of mine. Met him doing stand up years ago. Um, went on a holiday with him. Um, uh, it, oh God, I can't remember when now, but it was a new year at some point. And, um, that's when Keith Platt, um, came into view. Keith Platt is my uh, comedy character. For those of you who don't know, um, and yeah, we've we've done a lot of stuff together. We've worked. The, we've both worked at the BBC together, providing um, comedy sketches for a TV show, um, uh, which was called. Oh God, I nearly called it Rose Ed. Um, actually, I can't even remember what it was called. But we got to meet a lot of famous footballers and and all the rest of it. Anyway, fucking hell. Um, Dave is a short, he makes loads of short films. He makes, he does loads of writing. He's run, uh, script editing businesses. You name it, he's done it. And, um, yeah, he's on a project which right now is looking like it's going to get made. 
and it's going to get made properly with Screen Northern Ireland. So rather than me tell you more about it, I want you to hear more about it from Dave. But more importantly, you are in on the ground floor. We are going to call in with Dave at various stages during the process to discover how it's going and uh, and hopefully get the word out there and let's all pile into a cinema as soon as it comes out and watch it. It's called House Jackers, but don't listen to me. Let's hear from Dave as to what it's all about. So now everybody knows that, you know, we've known each other for years, that um, Keith Platt was created in your presence. And in fact, Keith Platt's one and only film performance is in a short, is in a short film of yours, um, where, I met yeah. Phil, where I met Phil Jackson, who, who's, um, who, who's been, on the, uh, been on the show as well. So my apologies for taking so long to get you on. No, no problem. Uh, everyone's busy. <laughs> not yeah. me, not me. Everyone yeah. Well, else. you are. Uh, well, 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 you yeah, are now. I am. I am you yeah. are now. And I'm, I mean, uh, after after years of um, uh, struggle and many yeah. s- and quite a few successful short films, um, this is um, this is all kind of this is yeah ga- gathered pace quite nicely. So, do you want to sort of take us back to to the beginning? Because I, I know you kind of uh, you and your co writer sort of you know, smashed this out fairly quickly, didn't you? Mm. Um, back to the beginning of my film career, or back to the beginning of the... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's, not, let's not go about that far. Let, yeah, let, let's, well, let's, you know, uh, um, let's try and like... stick to this story, and the story of how basically you go yeah. from an idea to yeah. writing it to where you are now. Well, um, Brian and I met at um, Brian McGleanan, who people will know. You search for him, you'll come up with... Uh, he's a journalist for The Express and Independent. His uh, particular area of interest is Bitcoin, but that's another story. But Brian and I uh, met at a film festival in, in early 2019, and um, we connected straight so, away. So, what we, was what was he doing? <clears throat> what was a, was a journalist whose <clears throat> favorite, you know, whose whose area of expertise is Bitcoin? What he's a filmmaker, then, and you bumped into him at a film festival. What the fuck is he doing there? <laughs> um, well, we both had films on, and he's a right. filmmaker. He's a filmmaker as well. So, right. okay. Brian is kind of he's probably a little bit more advanced than me in terms of the films that he's had funded. So he's had a few short films funded previously. But we um, we connected straight away. But uh, for me, he's actually he put me to shame because he's very cine literate he'll talk about stuff that i've never even heard of particularly korean cinema which i'm like oh well, that sounds sounds interesting <laughs> i must check that out um but we found that we had a similar interest in uh types of stories we wanted to tell and um we we co- corresponded thereafter and he told me about this idea he had for a, um, a short film about ai <clears throat> and um so we started work on that and we we really we smashed it out in a couple of weeks. We had a, a first draft. We got it up to about an eighth or a ninth draft. And then we shelved it because we got um, into another idea, which was based around the effects of Brexit on Northern Ireland. So right. we had this idea of this conspiracy story um, set around Brexit. We wrote um, initially a stage play, and then we quickly adapt that into a screenplay. Again, shelved that. So these are two things we've we've yet to go back to and and develop further. Um, we we shelved that in favour of something that we felt would be quite easy to produce, and what became known as initially it was um, I think it was uh, Damascus Street we called it, which is in, anyone who knows Belfast, it's an area of the um, Holy Lands, 
Um, it's a street in the area of the Holy Lands. So that didn't have much of a ring to it. But Brian then said, well, the story is essentially about home invasion. So let's call yeah. it House Jackers. And that was how it was born, really, um, the whole concept. So we started first draft in June 2020. And um, we finished finished the first draft by September. Right. And then it went through five or six more drafts, uh, which took us up to March this year. And then we felt confident that people would get it. They'd understand it. There wouldn't be too many questions about, particularly about the plot, which was easy to fix, but particularly the depth of characterization, which we'd worked on as well, because uh, the story's based partly on Brian's experience. Uh, A lot of it is based on what actually happened to him. So um, it was quite good to be able to draw on that experience from him. Well, there's two, then, there's two things that I just wanted to. Sort yeah, of, yeah. There's two things I wanted to pick up on there. Firstly, um, you know, I've said a lot on this, and whenever I have people on, the, the the phrase "write what you know" and and being and writing something where the person you're writing it with went through something very similar to this, and and that's what inspired the whole thing. That's a that that's huge, isn't it? It's it's you know absolutely that, yeah. that gives you that gives you a big step forward. And secondly, um for for people listening and and you know well, for, for everyone it's it's important to highlight that when you are writing when you are not um unknown but you're on a level of a level where it's it's tough to get stuff made um you can be writing the best thing ever about ai but if it's going to need a hundred million to make it come to the screen the chances of your idea ever making it to the screen are fucking slim where whereas like you say you know and there was something else as well which was larger scale and you shelved both those to concentrate on something that a yeah. you knew you could you had you presumably like you you developed a um a rapport and a chemistry between the two of you working on those other two things and and so it's kind of like right okay let's really hone our skills and work on something that you know he's mentioned this idea. I mean, I've, having written with you myself, I, I know that the two of you will have had the conversation and he'll have sort of started mentioning this story and, and you know, you'll have gone, hey, hang on, we need to, we, we need to write this. This is what we need to do. Um, and that self-contained thing is very important as well because it, it is all about cost ultimately. Um, and, yeah. you know, and, and so if you can write a script that is, that is punchy, that rings true, um, that's well crafted, but is also not going to cost a load of money to make. That's that's the kind of that's the ultimate, really, isn't it? That's what you're really looking well, for. Well, that was the appeal. Um, yeah. So we did this in March. We did a rehearsed reading. The other the other key thing is it's worth pointing out is um, writers often think that the script is enough. Not anymore. Not in this day and age. Yeah, we yeah. had to do. I created a pitch deck. Um, I've been I've been creating pitch decks for a number of my own films. I did a, I wrote a TV a spec TV series, and um, I'm yet to get that in front of anyone. But part of the process was creating the pitch deck, which is for people who don't understand what a pitch deck is. Imagine it as a presentation of the idea. So it's visuals, um, it's yeah. suggestions for casting, it's summaries of the story. So rather, if you've not got the time to read, in the case of my TV drama, it was over 300 pages of script. If you've not got time to do that, and who has, you can just look through 12 pages of a, a, a pitch deck and go, 
oh, I understand what this is about. This sounds quite interesting. Yeah. So we created a pitch deck for housejackers, and we also went a stage further. We made it we made it all, almost impossible for people to ignore it as a concept because we actually we created a version of it in the form of a table read, which um, one of the advantages we found of lockdown was everyone's communicating on Zoom. So everyone was more likely to get in the room, so to speak, on a Zoom meet. So we had a dozen actors and our friend Phil Jackson kindly directed it for us, the read. So we did a number of rehearsals and then we got everyone in the room to do the read. And and then we cut together. I read the stage directions of the script, but then we cut together all the performances and created a two-hour version, way too long for the, the actual uh, running time of the film, but with various problems that we had with internet connections and things. There's a few little blips here and there, but we had we had a version of it. So we packaged that up then with the latest draft of the script, the pitch deck, and a link to the Vimeo video of the of the read. And we got we got uh, interest. We sent it out to about a dozen companies, production companies, and we got interest from three. And wow. two of them in particular were very keen. One of them, Causeway Pictures, said they were interested, but they were catching up because after the pandemic on stuff that they had slated for last year. But then Polly set up a meeting. Polly Productions set up a meeting within weeks. I couldn't believe it. And we were suddenly in a, another Zoom meeting, this time discussing this is the best thing we've had on our desk for years. Wow. Um, it's it's easily it's going to be easy to produce. Um, it's low budget. It's exactly what we're looking for. We was just we were just having a conversation about we need a script that's easy to produce. It's contained. So it was what's the word uh, symbiotic? Yeah, and um, yeah, it just worked. Everything was right at the right time. So it's you know the idea of luck. Uh, it was we'd done a lot of prep and then the opportunity arose so the, it wasn't luck it was oh, just, really look, i always look you made you made your own luck you, that's, yeah, exactly. there's no such thing as luck you make your own yeah. luck you yeah. know it's the old it's the old you know yeah i i you know i i worked for 10 years to become an overnight sensation yeah you know um but it, but so you go from the, you go from the first meeting on zoom and they're saying we're like you know we we love this actually can you just bear with me one second i'm just going to sure. i'm just going to pause yeah, yeah. And by the miracle of the uh, pause button, we're back. Um, so you went from that first um, like Zoom meeting and them saying, oh, this is great. So where's it go now? Well, beyond that, um, we then suddenly found ourselves in another meeting with Danny, who was uh, he's company director of Polly. My dog's just come in the room, by the way. <laughs> it's not, not a ghost engine. Yeah, yeah, it looks mysterious. <laughs> Speaking of house jackers. Yeah, yeah the, the door opens mysteriously. It's my dog. Um, yeah, uh, we found ourselves in a meeting with the company director, Danny, who's um, uh, he set up Polly Productions. He was joined by uh, Leo McGuigan, a, a young producer, and their production manager was there. We suddenly had a room full of people who, wanted, who were then saying, this is what we're going to do. I mean, the key phrase was, this film is going to get made with or without Northern Ireland screen. That's what they said. Ideally... They wanted Northern Ireland Screen on board because of their experience in um, not only uh, nurturing new talents and bringing people through, but also um, they just made they made lots of lots of uh, different productions. And Polly are a new company. They'd only done a number of shorts, which were had been pretty successful, but this was their first feature film. So steadily, then over the next few weeks, so following a number of um, 
additional meetings, we then found ourselves in the, the position where uh, they offered us an option on the script. So an option is an agreement that they will make the film in a set time and that by way of paying us a, a retainer, if you like, an option fee, we don't take it anywhere. We allow them, give them the opportunity to try and make the film. In this case, it was 24 months. And that's um, That was kind of, when was that? That was uh, July. That, that brought us up to July. And then um, a series of further meetings, we got Northern Ireland Screen interested. They knew about the script anyway, because Brian had already sent it to their head of development. And she said she really liked it. She had a few issues she wanted to discuss. But then um, when Polly took over, they seemed to take a step back. But then Polly needed them on board. And also uh, they they needed to try and get a distributor. Now with Northern Ireland Screen, uh, if anyone knows about regional agencies, they, they command a lot of respect in the industry. We're more likely now to get a distributor and a sales yeah. agent with Northern Ireland Screen on board than we would be if it was just an ordinary production well, company. Well, the, again, and again, this is this is something else, you know, like we were talking about the business side earlier and about, you know, uh, making it, you know, filmable, making it easy and, yeah. and, and, and looking further down the line. The other part of that is that there's getting a film made and then there's getting a film distributed. Yeah. You know, and it and it's, for instance, it's like making a YouTube video and sticking yeah. it on YouTube. It's like, great, we've made the YouTube video and that's wonderful, but it's now up there amongst <clears throat> millions of other clips. Why would anybody watch it? And it's like, yeah, you've, you've got to get it out there somehow. That's it. So having a distributor, that problem is overcome because they make sure, uh, in best case scenario, you get... Um, a theatrical release so you see it in cinemas it will get commissioned from a tv a broadcaster like channel four for example yeah and but also that a deal will be done with a streaming service and there are many now of course so it could be any or all of those things which it's released on and um, with a distributor that's their job that's what they do so it's just like you say to use that analogy with the youtube video Making a video and sticking it up there and hoping everyone will see it—that's not distribution. That's production, but you're not. Yeah, you're not getting you're not getting an audience. Whereas, yeah, you're, yeah, you're not getting eyeballs. Yeah, exactly. We are more likely to get an audience now. Yeah, and you know, I mean, the thing is, I have, as you know, I have spent years writing and I've spent years trying to get to this position, and it's what's funny is you kind of go, oh, that's great. Now we've got an option oh, great, it's getting made. And then suddenly you start to envisage all these other problems, which include, yeah. well, now we're handing the script over. We've got, we've just uh, appointed a director. He's already come and said he's got some changes he wants to make to the script, which yeah. we agree are improving it. They're very simple ideas, so we're in agreement with that. But then you'll have all the other people involved. You'll have your editor on board. The editor will cut it different to how we imagine it. Well, that's the nature of film. It's collaborative. You have yeah. to accept and embrace the fact that everyone is involved. Everyone has expertise and an input into an overall well, vision. Well, you, you've played you've played in bands before, and it's the difference between being you not know, at your a, level. But, but yeah. well, no, but you know what I mean. You, yeah. I mean that's very kind of you. Um, very solo, but like there's a difference between a solo artist. There's a difference between doing what you want in your bedroom, and then you take that to a band, and someone's going to go, "Yeah, well, that section there." You, that section really it belongs there 
and there and and you can't be you can't be precious about it you can't go no no, no. But this is mine it's like no we're all trying to make the song better and that means that you just need to let go of it a bit and it's the same isn't it it's, it's collaborative you've got because an editor and a, and a director they're not coming on board to just go oh how do you want it mr writer we'll do it exactly how the you you've envisaged oh, it in your far, head far from it yeah. yeah and and that's what you want you want somebody who comes to it and goes well this is how i see it this is how i envisage it this is how i would do it and you've you've all got to kind of work together haven't you to to create something that actually works as a movie this is it and for, we've, we've got a great producer alana riddell bond her name is she has been very nurturing from the get-go and we completely trust her she gets what it is we're trying to create or what we were trying to create from the script she understands the story fully so with someone with an overarching view of the project i think it will be kept pr- within certain narrow confines people will be given leeway creatively of course but as an example, I won't name the person, but we did when we interviewed directors, we um, gave them the opportunity to pitch what their, their vision of the film was. And one particular guy came in and he he either hadn't read it or he didn't like it. And he completely deconstructed it, dismantled it in actual fact, and was pitching a different film to us. Right. And we said we can't work with him because he's not prepared to work with us. A but also but also it's like hang on if you could you know if, if you're coming in to, yeah. to pitch being a director for this movie don't Guess fucking what? don't yeah. Yeah, yeah don't present yeah. another one exactly you got it yeah it's like but, you're auditioning for this job man yeah 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 that's it you, you're you're pitching for something else and enough people have seen it have read the scripts and like it to think that it's good as it is we're not you know as i've already said we're you know we are more than prepared to um change it we have got several drafts yeah. to do tweaks and amendments we've got short it for starters we've got to take stuff it's a bit of a kill your darlings moment because we've got to lose some of the stuff that we thought was hilarious um yeah. but they said it's too long so we're going to take some of those bits out yeah. but um that's the process and yeah but the thing is as well if you're there, if you're this far along it's like you know you 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 know you're being you're being invited into the room to pitch to direct this movie so it's like clearly it's got this far without yeah. it being completely ripped apart and yeah. start again. Yeah. That's just. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't, I mean, I've encountered that before. I saw it, you know, I, I worked for the BBC and I'd meet people there. I could, I'd be sat in um, meetings where we're, we're pitching ideas and, you know, I'm not saying my ideas were the best, but I'd sometimes come up with ideas and then instantly someone who hadn't said something, latched onto some to something I'd pitch and not just me but other people and then they go oh we'll take that bit and then what why if we do that it's like no you're completely dis- destroying the original idea I don't know if you remember a certain football show we worked on yeah yeah uh, no, and then absolutely. The, the replacement show uh it, I mean it was the end of my tenure at the BBC when um <laughs> but the thing but the thing is also I I do think there's a certain amount I think there's a certain amount of um how can I put it not not hubris but i think there's a certain amount of kind of like well you know um i i'm you know you're, you're asking me to come along and you know pictures are direct well here's what i do and it's yeah. like you know this is what i bring to the party this is what i do yeah you know and which which may be you know maybe works for if you know for for, for stuff um but um yeah it does sound a bit sort of 
counterintuitive. It reminds me, it reminds me of bands being pitch producers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, you know, producer coming in going like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to soak the drums in reverb and we're going to make it sound really huge. And you're like, you know, they walk out and you say, what the fuck album is he making? Yeah. You know, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's never heard any of our stuff or seen us live. Clearly he's got no idea. It's the same thing, isn't it? That's a really strong comparison. Yeah. That's, it's, um, it's just, it's like a dick swinging contest for these people. You know? Yes. Yes. And it's like, I mean, the, again, going back to Alana, she went, nah, we're not having him. And that was pretty much it. She didn't say that, but um, yeah. you could tell. It's like, it goes back to her. She understood, she understood the story. And so we went in the end, we went, we'd gone with a really young guy. He's, he's only 29. He's only made a few shots. God, bloody had, hell, bloody hell. We're aging, mate. A really, oh, a really young guy. 29. I know. I know. <laughs> don't I'm you mean, uh, don't, don't you mean just five years older than us? Two? <laughs> he's old enough to be my dad. Uh, my, my son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old enough to be his dad. Even. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, I, the, the point is, age is irrelevant. He, yes, he understood. Absolutely. He understood what we're trying to do. He likes it, and, and I can say I won't reveal his name because no, there's been no big announcement yet. There will be, but he helped us with the read, so he had inside information. He's one of the people. Right. He's one of the actors who read on the read for us. Ah, so right, um, okay. he's a rising bit of a rising star in Northern Ireland, but more will be revealed as it. But also, from your point of view, that means that like he's been, you know, he's ground floor. He knows, you know, he knows this. Yeah, he gets it. I mean, the yeah. thing was, during the read, he was making suggestions to change dialogue on the script. And we went, absolutely. Whatever you think they would say, change it. Yeah. So he, he didn't go, oh, that's I don't like that. He said, what if the character was to say it was, it was the way he suggested things as well? And, and, this, and, and funnily enough, this is something that... Um, that comes with songwriting that to go back to that analogy again yeah is when you're in a room if somebody like brings the bulk of a tune or something like that and anybody if you you know if you've got somebody in the room who's going i don't like that bit and you go "Uh, okay but we're writing a song here it's not about what anyone likes it's about what's best for the song and also i don't like that bit or i don't like it isn't isn't to use a sales term isn't a true objection it's like I don't like that bit because it jars with that or it's up against that. So maybe if we moved it there, because it is, it's it, especially yeah. when you're working with yeah. creatives, you know, we've worked with each other loads and we've all worked with other people. Yeah. And it is about how you, how you make your suggestions and how you, um, and, and how you get them across because like, just not liking something is, I always think is never a true uh, criticism unless you can say, I don't like that bit because, and then suggest a solution or suggest always, something else. You know, don't bring right. me, don't bring me problems. Yeah. Bring me solutions. Have a solution that's uh, that's uh, in context with what you've already got, and yeah. is also it's um, it's not completely left field and crazy. Not there's nothing wrong with <laughs> suggesting that, but it's got to be on the page with what everyone's agreeing on. It can't just yes. be. I think we need yeah. like. A big violin solo here. If we're talking about a song, yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no, or a yeah. string section. <laughs> yeah, it's like, mate, how are we going to get them on stage at the yeah. end of the underworld? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But that, that's another thing as well, which I think is is important to point out about writing. And I know it's going back to the the it's easy to get it made stage and stuff like that. But you can have yeah. ideas writing a script where you have to have 
um, practical head on. You know, people listening to this who are writers or are thinking of being writers or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you know, just remember that whatever fucking insane idea you have, someone's got to make it happen. Someone's got to make it real. And if you are, you know, and if you do have this wonderful idea, but if it is absolutely out there, you, you, you probably want to think about, you know, dropping it and just pushing it to one side because you've got to get this thing made. I totally agree. And the, the other thing is try not to be plot driven, try to be more character focused. So absolutely. It's about, how, it's about, is, yeah. is, is about characters. It's a, uh, the nuances of the characters and the depth of the characters, the exploration, there is a plot, but it's secondary to what, how these characters interact with each other. And it's almost like it's not important in the end. In fact, there's a heist in the story. And that was the other thing this directive, he said that oh, the, the heist, there needs to be more made of it. It should be the climax. Right? No, that's uh, not the right. climax. Yeah. That's not the climax. He's got, he's got, that's not he's, the gone, climax. he's gone plot over character. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he yeah. was turning it into a big action sequence, crime drama. And we went, no, no, that's but, that, but not, this it, is it, not but it. This is always it. It's about it, like, like, you know, look, life is about people, not places. And movies are about people, you know, people, not yeah. places, not stories. Because ultimately, if you get the characters right, it it's essentially doesn't really matter where they go or what they do. You care because you care about the characters. Yeah. Whereas if you don't care about the characters, the opposite is also true. They can go into outer space and sprout fucking wings and you won't give a shit yeah. because you're not, you're engaged. not invested in them. Yeah. You're not engaged in them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it is. It's always, it's got to be character. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, unless, of course, it's Star Wars, in which case, you know, you just have well, paper thin characters and fly them around space. It's all going to work. Oh, <laughs> as, you, as you know, I've, I've taught script writing and I do see it with young, young writers, especially writing the first time. They try to write a feature film for a short and a short is just it's a single idea, simple, single idea with a couple of characters. Characters have a, a goal and then they encounter conflict in the fulfillment of that goal. And it's like, that's simple. That's a simple thing. You can put something in somebody's way, preventing them could be a physical thing or something from within them. But um, to try and write a big action movie in a short and and then who cares anyway? It's just, we've seen so many action movies where, you know, that for me, the best action movies are things like Batman, where we do explore some of his inner demons, if you like, as the backstory, but mostly it's vacuous popcorn nonsense isn't it so yeah 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 and um so so what stage what stage are you at now then so you know you've, you've... we are in what's uh termed soft prep so Ooh. it's i know <laughs> it's um we're refining the script we're going to be working with the director next week just to make the changes and amendments that he thinks we should include and then we we've got a casting director and she's going to be looking for suitable talent to play the various parts. We've got some, we've had, because uh, of the people who did the read, we've got several of those people we think should be allowed to at least audition for yeah. the parts, given that they sacrificed a lot of time to help us get the read done. So yeah, no, that's, gonna, that's nice of you. Yeah. They're going to look at, they're going to look at their, well, to be fair, because, because the guy I mentioned, um, he was one of the people who read for us. He has said the same thing. He wants to give some of those people an opportunity. So, um, then we go into so that's from soft prep is till november then it's what's called hard prep which is set build it'll be all the heads of the department in place doing all their tests camera tests um 
various uh, rehearsals with the actors as well. And then principal photography is um, for just after Christmas, first week in January, all the way to January. It's four six-day weeks. It's going to be really, really tough schedule. And then post-production is February to April. And that that's kind of, I mean, it's, it's remarkable, really, that <clears throat> it's less than two years old, the project. Yeah, I know. And I some know. people wait five, sometimes ten years to get there. That film made. So. Well, you've, well, you've done it. Yeah, I mean, well, you've done all sorts of projects that you know that yeah. have either like <clears throat> got so far and never got over the line, or mm. I mean, you know, well, yeah. let's face, well, let's face it. You know, we've worked we've worked on scripts for longer than two years. So, yeah. um, um, but that's um, when you say. By the way, when you say principal photography, is that yeah. is that filming? Is that shooting? That's the... that's all the main filming that you're going to do. So it doesn't. So why include... is it, why is it called? principal photography because there is no photography going on it is filming (laughs) right we're just going and then we call and then it's making the film let's shoot in the film filming the film but it's called principal photography yeah it's the coverage it's all the planned shots and then of course beyond that there'll be what called pickups where they get to the edit and go oh we need that shot there or that's not quite right there'll be some reshoots as well hopefully not because of the budget and time but yeah. um yeah uh four weeks is not long i mean the shortest yeah. I, I actually worked on a film where i met deborah my partner and um that was six weeks and that was tight that was yeah. a tv tv film but um yeah it's interesting uh, that makes me nervous to be honest because it's having made films myself you're always looking at the clock and, yeah and, but and you, you have know. to sac- you have to sacrifice shots if you sacrifice shots you're sacrificing the storytelling element. So yeah, but by the same token, <clears throat> it's not your that that's not your absolutely. It's not my that's not your role in this. It's not my problem. No, not my problem. No, no. And it's like you know, and then of course uh, we've got the uh, reception of the film. <laughs> it's well, like, yes, it's how come are people out going and... to react to it? So it's like, you know, as like I was like I said earlier, you know, you worry about the writing, then you worry about getting it made, then you worry about how it's going to be received. So yeah, but, I, I, yeah, but hang on, hang on. Never mind how it's going to be received by everybody, how it's going to be received by you. Yeah. I mean, you might, yeah. you know, you might see like a final edit, whatever, you'd be just okay. like, Well, well, there's there's a there's an element of what we wrote in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's um it's scary times, but it's exciting as well. It's um yeah. Because hopefully, you know, um, I've got, like Brian, I've got a massive portfolio of stuff I've written over the years. I've got about seven or eight feature films I've written. You and I started something a couple of years ago. I remember the rom-com idea. Oh, and that's, I know, mate. I've I still know. got the notes for that. I've still I, got the notes. So well, at, well, some, at some point, we'll go back to that. Well, when we, yeah, when yeah, we can we, get it made. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, well, but even then, I think we, we, we did, we did establish that it was like, we, we did keep it down to like, um, uh, limited locations. Yeah, it was three. E- 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 yes, yeah, three. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it was the hotel, the second half of the films at the hotel, the country house thing, isn't it? First half's um, in the office. Yeah. And the, and the middle's, uh, is a road trip. There's an apartment as well. Yeah. Well, the middle is yeah. a road trip. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. It's, but it, but it is it's it's so important to try and, and then we introduced it, the know. sharks and the aliens yeah. and it went mental. Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, the superhero element, yeah. So we can yeah. merchandise it. Uh, <laughs> um, 
Now, you no, said- who knows? You know, it's one of those things like something. Oh, we're looking for a rom com. Oh, really? Well, I've got the basis for a rom com. You, you never well, know, Howard. You know. What, what about the um, what about the aspect of um, you said like you're looking for an agent? You know, like and like so oh. all of us all of a sudden you've not been in this position. You yeah. know, you get someone turns around to you and goes, "Oh, like who's your agent?" Or and you're like, "Well, I haven't got one." Well, as somebody said to me, an industry friend, um, he said, "You don't need an agent." to get because look how far you've come without an agent but you need an agent (laughs) yeah that that doesn't help me at all he said no you need because moving forward hopefully the film is firstly it makes the money back that they spent on it at least hopefully a bit of a profit and it gets some it gets some kudos you know critically people say you know oh this is a good film if they say that job done but on the basis of that you're then going to be in demand. People are going to want you. They're going to say, "Oh, you did that. Okay. Well, could you could you work for us? Could you write something for us?" So you need an agent to you know you know mm. having a, a band manager to negotiate all the stuff that is horrible, the nitty gritty things. That, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but, but and where money, yeah. money's concerned as well. Um, that's that you that, need well, that person to know they're getting the best deal for you. But yeah. I mean, that's for me. Getting more work is the main thing. Getting yeah. more work, getting more writing work. Because as you know, I've wanted to be a writer for over twenty years. So, well, you know what they say: if you can, if you can do, do. If you can't, uh, if you can't teach, teach. And, well, you're well, you're doing both. So, well, what if uh, you can't teach? Uh, <laughs> uh, then, then you're fucked. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, I know. I I get it though. It's like yeah, you do. You do need an agent. Well, you've got this far. But yeah. now, but now you need an agent to be able to keep things going. I mean, Career progression. Yeah, well, it's it's the same as when as when the um, I got got my band signed to a record label at seventeen. It's like right, yeah. great, well done. But now you need a manager. I mean, you know, proof you don't need a manager to get a record deal is that you've already got a record deal. Yeah. But you now need to get a manager because there's going to be a shitload of stuff to do with the industry that you haven't got a clue about, and also yeah. you don't want to be dealing anyway dealing with anyway. No, you it's want like, to be creative. Yeah. Like it's like any business, isn't it? You put you have people in the roles that they're yeah. good at, and anything yeah. they're not good at, you take out of their way. So yeah. they're just doing what they're good at. Um, and that's that's an agent's role, isn't it? Is to just basically yeah. you just you just write some you just write and bean counting. I'll do the other <laughs> stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or indeed, uh counting nuts and bolts. No, I mean to be fair, some agents are very creative as well. A lot of them are now producers. So yeah. Yeah, some of, some of the bigger agencies they've got producers on their books who are at work as agents. So, yeah, I mean, um... oh, delivery. Hang on. All right. So after all that, it was actually um, some uh, some postman who just decided he'd just ring the first button that he could. Oh. So uh, yeah, brilliant. One letter from the bank. Lovely. Bloody useless. Um, so not the most exciting, not the most exciting of delivery um, uh, uh, interruptions that you get on podcasts, because that's like a thing now, yeah. isn't it? It's like, I'm glad I'm glad we had a delivery. Yeah, um, it means we're bona fide. Yeah. Um, but um, so, yeah. So getting an agent. Um, yeah. How how where are you in that? Um, that stage, you know, well, interestingly, I mean, I thought. Oh, this is a green light to get an agent, getting the option agreement. So I furnished uh, an email and, and spin, spun it off to uh, what 
the way of approach this is I'm doing one at a time because I'm working on the basis that if somebody likes us and they come back and say, oh, come and meet us, um, I think that's the, the right way to do. I liken it to dating. It's like <laughs> you ask a load of girls out at once and they all come back and say, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you. Where, you know, you're going to embarrass yourself. So I just thought if we do it one at a time, um, but we, the one, I won't, they'll remain nameless, the one that we've approached so far, I sent, I got a personal introduction to them as well and explained the situation. We've been options. Uh, the company are very keen to make the film as soon as possible. I got a very polite email back saying, oh, great, send us the scripts along with another script. So I sent them the two, two feature scripts we've written and I'll get back to you. And that was about eight weeks ago. Nothing. Uh, yeah. I've since updated that same agent about three times with progress that we've made. Nothing. Not even a bit busy at the moment. I'll get back to you. So yeah. go, to go back to the off-air discussion about reliability, um, <laughs> it's very frustrating. Um, but, I, you know, I get it. I mean, I, for me, I just want to be able to move forward. If he doesn't like it, just say, it's not for me, fine. Yeah. But then again, he may not have read it yet. But so also, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know no. where we stand. But it, it's but to be honest, the, the other way of looking at it, to look at it, uh, uh, use a dated musical comparison, is um, uh, I've got 300 demo tapes here. And I am not writing back to 299 and saying, sorry, but this isn't for me right now. And then signing one of them. I'm just, uh, you know, it's like, yeah. ultimately, you sent me your demo. Yeah, you, you sent it to me. I didn't ask you for it. I owe you nothing. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and if, you, if you hear back, it'll be a yes. And everything else is no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I say just. It, I I, yeah. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. No, no, no. But that's, was, that's it. Well, when I was um, when I was like you know shopping the first Acid Rain album for twenty nine years around, mm. and and you know I'm, yeah, I'm still waiting for replies from some labels. I mean, I'm presuming it was a no. <laughs> yeah, but you just it's like well yeah okay fine. Whatever. I think I think um, well we, we've we've decided just to move on, and um, yeah. Brian has now approached. Uh, another agent and what we've been told though is uh, don't worry about it it will source itself out um because of the 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 film is being produced under the uh, northern island screen new talent focus scheme there will be an interest in all those involved in it anyway so it's likely that we'll get picked up that way you know i'm working on the basis that it's going to do it's going to do okay. The film. It's going to make the money back. It's going to. It's going to get some decent reviews. We'll get picked up that way. If it's an absolute turkey, I don't know. I don't know where we stand. But that's me being the pessimist that you know I am. Again, <laughs> glass absolutely, half empty, mate. Abs- absolutely. <laughs> that that is you, the pessimist. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not thinking about the premiere. I'm walking down a red carpet in a bloody tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, you think you think about it getting slated. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Kermo is destroying it on his uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's that's uh, one of those things, though, isn't it? It, yeah. it, it, it? As a writer, though, it is kind of weird because, as we were touching on earlier, you you have that kernel of the idea. Yeah, but it it goes through so many pairs of hands. It go, you know, it's 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 seen by so many different sets of eyes. Yeah, and everybody has their input into the vision. 
And so whatever it is when it's finished, there's going to be a load of stuff there that yeah. was yeah. just never I, on your, you know, never anywhere near what you were thinking. I think, and that's the key that for anyone who's listening, who's actually interested in script writing and filmmaking or anything creative that requires other people to help, whether it's music or any kind of production, um, you have to accept that you're going to lose control, 100% control over that that product, whatever it is you're making. And if if that doesn't work for you, then you're probably doing the wrong thing. There are, you hear stories about people who, I remember um, Phil Jackson was telling me about a writer-producer he knows, he's worked with, and they don't like actors change. Don't stick to the script. Say it exactly as it is. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. An actor can probably come up with a better line. You Just because you've written something that you think is killer doesn't mean it's going to work on the page. You have to accept it's a team effort and it's collaborative and it's yeah. you're, you're a big family trying to make, as long as everyone's pulling the same direction and has got the, got the interest of the project, the best interest of the projects at heart. I think yeah. you've got to trust people as well. You well can, there's if, no room for control yeah. freaks, although well, there if, are, the industry is full of them. Well, if you're, if, if you're an actor and you yeah. surely, what it, it's, you've got to be comfortable yeah. with saying whatever's coming out of your mouth. And if you found yeah. a, if you found a way of getting this to come out of your mouth um, in a way that's more comfortable, then that's going to be more convincing. Yeah. And if you and if you and if you just if you just want you know, people aren't robots, you can't just say no. Yeah. Say the words the way they are written down. Well, that's not acting, <clears throat> is it? That's that's just you know you're a copy typist. Yeah. You know that's basically. And, and as a writer as well, you've got to accept that you're going to be doing a little bit of vicarious living. So if I'm, ta- I'm thinking about the end of next year, the film will be probably out by then. Um, the plan is to get it into festivals and competitions as well. Um, but let's say a year from now, September, 2022, and it's out and everyone is saying brilliant, brilliantly directed film, the performances of such and such a body. I'll be really happy. Yes. If I'm not mentioned, yeah, I'll be really pleased. If, on the other hand, people are saying terrible script, the worst film I've seen, then obviously I'll be de- I'll be depressed. But for yeah. the director and the actors to get the kudos, I don't mind. That's great because anyone who's in the know and anyone who's making stuff, they understand that everything starts from the script anyway. Yeah, so. but the, but this is it. Writers writers very rarely get um, the credit they deserve, and yeah. I, and I'm I, you know look. You know, and, until until years ago, I was I was the same. Um, but without without the writing, you know, without that without that bedrock, without that idea, I mean, it's literally. The, I mean, this is when you when you watch a movie and you just think that just never worked. It never came together. It never clicked. And invariably, it's like it's the, you can't build a house without the foundations. Yeah, you know, um, and it's just it, without that original foundation of writing of story of character um of journey you know of beginning middle end yeah if you don't have that to start with then you've you've got little or no chance and it's and it's weird for for a role in it for a role to be so key and yet so overlooked you know, Absolutely. but in general, yeah. by the public, I mean, you don't, you know, people come out and you do, it's like, oh, what a great performance. Oh, was, wasn't the photography, didn't it look lovely? Was it blo- no one comes out and go, wow, the writing was amazing. 
it, it just doesn't happen, unfortunately. No. You know? Well, you know, we accept that. As I say, if if that's if everyone's talking about what a great film it, the way it was directed, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine by me. I'll, the, and I'll just I'll just be waiting for the phone to ring. And... Do you, you do realise you're the musical equivalent of the drummer on this? Don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's like basically you're at the back and no one can see you, yeah. but but without you, it all falls apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very true. Um, but uh, but I mean, yeah, that's you know, damned damned by fake praise. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm ju- well, I'm I'm chuffed to bits of the, um, oh, that you know, that you've that you've got this far. Well, I remember, but I remember when we were um, when we were out for um, in between lockdown beers, yes, and um, uh, and it, you know you were enthusiastic then and saying it's like you know well yeah it's, you know it's, it's good noises so far yeah you know we've both been around long enough to not go oh yeah this is it you know yeah. um, and. And it, and yeah, just to get these keep getting these little updates from you, and it's it, it's 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 awesome, and it's kind of like I just keep waiting for the next positive update because yeah. that's the way it's been, and yeah. and it's just it's it, that's not what we used to, is it at all? <laughs> no, no, it's a slog. Yeah, I mean it's still a slog. I I don't mind the slog now. Things seem to be happening. It's the slog where nothing's moving, nothing seems to be going forward, yeah. and uh, but. I've done a lot of that over the years, but looking back, I had to do that slog as well. And it probably was because I wasn't right already. And yeah. um, I think there's this notion now that in this age of entitlement where people want everything instantly and you have to work at it, you have to develop your craft. It's like Ed, Emma Raducanu, the tennis player, everyone's going, oh, it's amazing. She's 18. It's like, yeah, but she's been playing tennis for 13 years. Yeah. That didn't just happen. Yeah. 13 years. Staying behind late, practicing the serve and stuff. So it's like, yeah. it's the same with writing. Just sat in a room on your own, largely. Just the, the adage is you have to write a million words of crap before you find something that's good. And hopefully I've written my millionth word. <laughs> well, um, uh, well, speaking as um, speaking as somebody who's, um, you know, who's known you for years and has, has written with you and, and all the rest of it, I'm just... Um, yeah, I, I just endorse everything that you said. Is there's there's it's all hard work. Um, I mean, fuck me, you 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 and Lawrence Fishburne had a movie greenlit together. Yes, and uh, and then the Iraq War happened, and it all came fucking tumbling down. Oh, yeah, George so, Bush, Tony yeah. Blair. Thanks a lot, mate. Exactly. Yeah. So so there you go. It's like. Yes, that's right, listeners. Though that that is exactly what happened, um, and I mean, yeah. you know, you just you can't you can't manage everything. Um, so, so yeah, when, that was exactly nineteen years that that was uh, twenty twenty. Sorry, two thousand two. Um, yeah. I learned from Lawrence Fishburne, who I'd supported for about ten months, writing an adaptation of The Alchemist that it was going to be made into the film that he developed the script that I'd supported him with. And then George Bush decides to blame Saddam Hussein for world terrorism. Yeah. And, uh, and Tony Blair supports him and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. So the film went away because it was going to be made in the Middle East and it was deemed unsafe. So, well. so, so Tony Blair is not only uh, a war criminal, a criminal. But he's, also, <laughs> he's also responsible for putting a 19 yeah. year delay yeah. in your career. On my career. Yeah. I mean, bigger picture here, guys. Bigger picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
um well look mate um thank you so much it's been awesome um and and sorry it's taken so long to get around to well i hope you enjoyed that and found that to be somewhat um informative as well um it's a funny old business isn't it hey the movie business and i'm not going to claim i know any more about it than uh than anyone else to be honest um dave's the man to ask not me um i hope you really enjoyed that we've got a mixture of reviews and interviews in that one and um look movie bollocks will be back there'll be more episodes with dave as we keep as i keep checking in on um how house jackers is coming along if it even ends up being called that who knows great title love the title but you know what sometimes things get changed so Thanks for listening as always. As always, please do tell your, fr- tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell everybody to listen to Talking Bollocks, Movie Bollocks and even Old Bollocks with myself and Stephen Oldhead Ivy. That's right. All you need to do to get all of this is subscribe to this channel. And if you really want, why don't you subscribe to Patreon where you can support all the podcasts and put money in my little pocket. That'd be nice. Please, if you don't mind. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith or click the link saying support this podcast on Patreon in the description wherever you're watching it. And remember to subscribe. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure being in your ears. Have a great week. Speak to you on the next one.